From his first job flipping burgers at McDonald's and delivering the Washington Post, Craig Willett counts only one and a half years of his adult life working for someone else. Welcome to the Biz Sherpa Podcast with your host, Craig Willett, founder of several multi-million dollar businesses and trusted advisor to other business owners. He's giving back to help business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs achieve fulfillment, enhance their lives, and create enduring wealth. The Biz Sherpa. This is Craig Willett, the Biz Sherpa. Glad you could join me today at the Scottsdale Arabian Horse Show. I have with me a special guest, one of the greatest photographers in the United States for equestrian shows, Howie Schatzberg. He's very accomplished. You'll get to know him very well. He does about 25 shows a year, among which are the World's Championship for the Saddlebreds, the National Championships for the Arabian Horses, and the World Championships for the Morgan Horses. And he'll tell you more about how he accomplished that I'm grateful to welcome Howie Schatzberg. Thank welcome, you. Howie. Thank you, nice to be here. I'm glad you took the time. I know you're really busy. I think you've already shot 50 horses in the horse show. It doesn't even start for three more days. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> All these people coming in and sale horses and you know, you gotta take care of your clients. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's been busy already. And this is a huge horse show. Uh, actually the biggest Arabian show in the world, they say now, over 2000 horses. So it's. It's quite a deal. Well, that's great. You know, this is how partly we became part of showing horses too in our family because of the Scottsdale Arabian show. My wife always, she had an Arabian growing up, but then she, when we moved here, wanted to come to the show and really got back into it after we started a family, so. It's quite a deal. It's, you know, it's funny. This show goes back to when I was young, living here in Scottsdale, this was the big deal. And my father did the show at Paradise Park back oh, wow. in the day. and. Yeah, it's always been uh, quite a deal here. In fact, they say that this show probably brings in more money than the Phoenix Open Golf Tournament because of wow. how many people come here. So the, uh, what it brings to the city of Scottsdale economically is, is incredible. Yeah, when you consider the hotels, the restaurants, and all the other right. things, plus all the people that come to the show. This year might be a little different. A little different, although they say, I think each horse could bring four to six people. So you talk 2,000 horses and, you know, so that's, that's a bunch of people, not even counting the public. So I think we'll be okay this year. That's good. Yeah. Well, you'll probably be okay too, because you're, so. you're here for the horses. <laughs> yes, I, I hate to say <laughs> and that. And their owners. Yeah, it's all about that, all yeah. about that. Well, I'm curious, where did you develop a passion for photography? I mean, clearly you have it to be recognized as I think uh, in, uh, horse world, you're recognized as people's choice photographer. So you, you're fairly accomplished. How did you how did you start this path of journey? You know, I don't know. Uh, the the I don't know if uh, there's a saying. Uh, does a do you pick the sport? Or does the sport pick you? So I, I think the sport sort of picked me. Obviously, I well not obviously, but I started with my father at a young age, about 12 or 13 years old in the film days. So. He took photos. Uh, I'd go in the trailer. He had—he was the first one in the United States to have a portable darkroom. Really? Yeah. So we'd go to the horse shows, and he—I'd be in the trailer in the darkroom, doing black and white, doing color film. So you developed the film, and then would you then print it too? Correct. We developed the film. We make tiny little proof sheets. People would come to our booth with magnifying glasses and so on. <laughs> My mother was selling the pictures. It was a family operation. So oh, wow. that's where I started at a young age. I working for him this summer, and you know doing shows predominantly in the West Coast. So that's, that's where I started. So for each, I'm just curious then, you start this out, but 
not every photograph is great, I would imagine. So at, for each photograph, how many make the really final cut? Well, I'd never miss a shot. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny you say that. You know, my father was a typical uh, tough, old school, greatest generation guy. And, you know, no BS. You come to, you're the first one to work and the last one to leave. And I learned at a young age, you know, you succeed by a great work ethic. So people say, well, how did your dad influence you? How did he teach you? And I don't know if he really taught me, but literally when you say the percentage of photos we need to be good, he would hold that strip of film up and I'd be next to him and he'd point, he'd go good, 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 but he would use an expletive. <laughs> and then bad, bad, good. And he'd say, this is not acceptable. You have to hit every shot or you're not gonna succeed in this business. Oh, wow. So, and I think again, cause the man he was, I think I was a little bit scared. So, and I think he knew what he was doing. It's just how I was raised. So he's telling you, don't let the proof sheet rule it out. He's telling you, go ahead and everyone has to be the best you can. Exactly right. And whatever angle you need to do, you know, you make it work. You work hard and you, you, you know, get these people what they want. Wow. So what, what was the upbringing like? I mean, did he allow you time to try other things or school or anything else? Not at all. I actually, I, I took a photography course in high school. Um, I'm sorry, and yeah, my freshman year, and I think I probably had developed more film than the teacher had. So I said, this is not gonna work. Uh, so yeah, again, the old school way, of you, you just go work, you work hard, and uh, you learn, learn the business through that. And he was a good, he was a very innovative guy. Um, so I learned a lot about diversifying and, and trying different things. So he was great at, at that. So did you continue to work up till where he retired or did you branch off on your own at some point? So at that time there was so many horse shows um, and I would work with him. I'd be the second photographer say uh, at a two ring horse show. I'd shoot the second ring and as I got older he would maybe have me shoot the main ring. Um, so that's how it got started and then there got to be more horse shows. So he said hey Howie want you to go do this show and I'll do this show. So I started branching out with that. Uh, funny story, it was the toughest phone call I'd ever gotten. We, I worked for him and it was Schatzberg Photo. Um, and we had done the World Championship Morgan Horse Show, which was obviously a huge feather in, in, in my cap or, or my father's. And my dad was, again, a tough customer. I, I, I love my father, but I'm blessed I'm more like my mother. You know, very easygoing, um, but the year, a few years after him doing the show, I got a phone call and they said, hey, we'd like you to do the horse show. And I said, great, you know, I'll do the show yeah, with my dad. I'll bring my dad. <laughs> That's what I thought. No, they, I think my dad in any business probably said the wrong thing to the wrong person. And they wanted me to do the horse show. And uh, I said, so you're gonna contact my father? No, we'd like you to. Whoa. I think they were scared to talk to my father. <laughs> Not only did they want to hire you, but you had to fire your dad. Oh, it was brutal. So anyways, I said, Dad, I have something to tell you. And he, I told him the situation. He said, well, I knew this day was coming. I knew this would happen. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. So, uh, you know, a little emotional. I lost my dad a couple of years ago. So oh, yeah, wow. he just passed, but he was 98. Great life. And yeah, wow. so, but... Uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, so that, that kind of started deal. your. That started my independence. Yeah. yeah, and he was, you know, gave me a kick in the ass and said, "You'll do great." And oh, that's yeah, so I nice. still helped him here and there. And my father and I are very close. 
you know, and he knew, he would call me at 9.45 at night almost knowing I was leaving the arena. He just knew because he'd been doing it for so long. He knew the times and what was happening and, and so forth. So we have a great relationship and, you know, I've, I'm in this because of him. But I do love what I do. Well, and, uh, clearly, yeah. and they, somebody recognized your talents and so did your dad. I think one of the great things, and we'll probably talk about this before the end, but is to see the next generation do and accomplish something. And so there was probably a lot of pride too in your dad that you were the one that they asked. I mean, think about it if the call went to someone else and missed the Schatzberg family altogether. I, I think so. I think he was very proud of me. You know, again, he was an old school guy. He didn't, have, he didn't say it a lot, but I knew he was very proud. And I, you know, I had a, my sister showed horses. Um, I'm the youngest of five and my sister showed horses. That's how he got involved. He took photos of them. Oh. People saw the photographs and they said, hey, can you take one of my daughter? <laughs> and he said, sure, hey, this is a heck of a deal. So- uh, Sounds like Becky, Becky de Regnacourt. She did the same thing. She, she would get her clients outfits and then her customers wanted- There you go. Her to, other people would see him, hey, can you get me that? I think so. that's how this type of thing starts. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it is a family operation. My nephew, Casey McBride, is a photographer, a great photographer, does the mini horse nationals. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, I'm hoping my, daughter. I have, you know, two daughters and a son. My son, the older kids don't like it at all, but I have a feeling my younger daughter's sort of into it. Yeah, well, she's into showing and we're going to talk about that yes, too. Sir, so she she's is. accomplished, very, very accomplished young at a age, young age. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. yeah, well, that, that's going to lead to the passion continuing. So I'm sure you're excited for her. Now, your dad probably had a lot of influence on your education and getting you into the business. What, isn't there some story where he took you out of school at before you could graduate? Yeah, it's uh, basically, uh, again, I worked with him quite a bit in the summers and I did miss some school helping him during school year. So again, being who he was, he beat to his own drummer and he literally, I'll never forget, I got called to the principal's office. I go, I, I was a nice Jewish <laughs> boy. I mean, what would I do wrong? Right. So uh, my father's in the principal's office and uh, how we come have a seat. My dad's there. I, I had no idea what was going on. And my dad proceeds to talk to the principal and says, uh, this is what I do. I don't know if my son's ever told you and I've, I'd never talked to the principal. He didn't know. And he said, well, I really feel that my son will have a chance at an incredible life in the business that we do. He's a talented young man. He's smart. He's a real people person. And I'm gonna take him out of school. So this was as much a shock to you as it was the principal? Oh, I was speechless. Um, <laughs> and I was second semester as a junior. What's well, most kids dream to be at, have their parents excuse them for school for I, the rest of their I was high school career. <laughs> I, I didn't know whether to be happy or I, I, I didn't know. And yeah. he gave this spiel to the principal and uh, the principal said, Mr. Schatzberg, again, my dad was a fairly intimidating guy. And uh, he said, uh, you're his father and I, Good luck. And that was it. I, I left school um, at the end of that semester and uh, took my GED. And uh, that's as far as I went as far as schooling. Did you worry about your future? I don't think at that age, you know, I'm 62 now. I didn't think about it. I didn't think of it in those terms. Um, I, I really didn't know. I, I had confidence in my father because he was a very confident guy. So he, he, he gave me that feeling that, you know, everything was going to be fine. Right. 
So, and it was. That's pretty cool though, yeah. that your dad would do that. So then you just kind of continued to learn the trade of the business. How many years did it take till you got to Morgan Nationals? When was that in your career that you had to go tell your dad? Um, so I started, uh, my first year at the Morgan Grand National was 1985 on my own. It was from Schatzberg photo on the photographs to Howard Schatzberg. Um, but I had done other shows in the Midwest before that, um, Saddlebred shows and, and uh, things like that and Morgan shows. But the big, my big break was obviously at the Morgan World Championship, which is you know, the highest level of that breed. Right. So that was at 1985. You know, a lot of people would say you need to have a niche market and some could say equestrian is a niche market and some people could say a certain breed because horses do different things, sometimes act a little differently and show differently in the different breeds. So you've done Morgans, Saddlebreds and Arabians and you do them all at the same time. It, you know, so you're a photographer to all those breeds. How do you do it? Uh, again, and why? Why do you stay with more than one breed? Well, I think, again, my father really told me diversify, again, whether it's especially in business. And when I started, there were open horse shows, which meant a horse show would encompass five or six different breeds. So I had to learn how to shoot every different breed. And like people or landscape, you have to know, you know, get to know that breed. You know, uh, Arabians are shorter backed, um, so their angles are different. Um, Saddlebreds are longer necked, so their, their angles are different. Um, you know, uh, a Western horse, a driving horse, you know, everything's different. So you it really made me open my eyes and, and just, you know, look at the whole picture, no pun intended. So, uh, <laughs> right. you know, it, it helped me a lot just doing different breeds. And I, I don't know, I, again, use the word passion. I, I love what I do. And it's a crazy life. Right. You know, on the, on the road for, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes gone for eight or nine weeks at a time. Um, and I love, I, I love the horses, but I think I'm a, I'm a people person. Yeah, I was gonna say at some point, so how do you balance that? And how do you market yourself? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, when I started, marketing, I don't think it was necessary. Again, it's a niche market. It's, it's, it's a small group, as you know, being in the horse industry, um, you know, they need to know you and be comfortable with you. And I think because of I had done so many horse shows, they felt comfortable with me because this is their passion. Um, not only mine, but this is theirs. They love their animals as much as their children. So they need <laughs> to know that it's someone yeah, they I've can trust. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, so they need to trust that person and know that person is sort of in this with them. And I, you know, I, I feel like I am, you know, or I, I definitely am. I've been there and, you know, seen these kids from walk trot kids to now these people have grandchildren. So it's a family deal. You know, you, you get to know them really well. So I was going to ask you that because I've seen you at some of the shows and you're walking down the lineup while they're waiting to announce the winners and you seem to be able to have a conversation with most every rider. So how, how, do, you, yeah. how do you remember all these people and develop these relationships? Again, I think because you've seen them from the beginning to the end as far as a trainer's I go, to, I go to farms, I'll see a trainer working, bring a yearling out and just handling them. And, and then that yearling is now a two-year-old and all of a sudden he's a three-year-old and he's showing in the ring. And, and I just go up to the trainer and say, hey, is this the mare that I saw three years ago that you were working? I remember her and yes, this is her. And I go, boy, she looks incredible. And, you know, and then 
with people. You know, I see a, a mother that I took pictures of as a 10-year-old walk trot rider, and now she has a child in the ring, and I'll go up to the kid and say, hey, I took pictures of your mother. <laughs> and she said, oh yeah, she told me. And, oh, wow. you know, so I, I don't know if I always remember their name, but I know the story behind it, which is really great to me. Well, I think it means a lot to the people that you'd even recognize them and their horse, their children. Yeah. And when you say you're a people person, and I think that brings out the passion, right? A lot of people say, oh, I'm a people person, but there's a human aspect to all business and that interaction really has to bring some satisfaction to you. Uh, I, I agree, it really does, you know, People, Otherwise, be, why be on the road for nine weeks at a time? It's, it's a crazy life. You know, people say, what's your greatest picture? And I don't know if I have one. I, again, I like the photos well, that I have tell the a favorite, story. I have your greatest picture. It's with me, with my horse. <laughs> at the World Championship? Yeah. I thought so. I don't know maybe you'd say that. Um, to me, it's more the, the experience. I, I take a photo that means something, uh, again, a, a story that's been told. Not necessarily a great picture that I caught this incredible motion, it's a story behind it. Uh, in, in this arena, actually, uh, a great friend of mine's daughter had cystic fibrosis. And she showed, she helped her father in the ring. She was dying. And her father, they raised the horse, they trained the horse together. He showed the horse in this ring and they won the class, and she hopped in the buggy and rode out of the ring, and she waved her arms like this, because everyone was screaming and yelling. Oh, wow. You know, that's one of my favorite pictures of all time, just of this person. The young girl passed away two months later. Oh, no. But again, she was a, a gift from God, an amazing young girl. But those are the type of things I love, and I, and I like to catch. You know, obviously, when you catch a picture like this, um, you know, you want to get the best picture of the horse. Obviously, that can sell a horse, and it means a lot to the to the rider and exhibitor. But it sounds sort of morbid. But my favorite, when people call me and they say, "Hey, my horse passed," and your picture is my favorite, that means a lot to me. Not the picture that's going to sell this horse for two hundred thousand dollars, but to know I made someone the the photo they got is the vision they had of their animal that they loved. So right. that's what hits me, you know, the hardest. I love that. That's one of the principles that I try to teach over and over again on this podcast and in business is there's an emotional currency Huge. to business. And it doesn't matter what someone paid for a photograph or how many you sold. But when someone calls you up and thanks you for capturing a moment or something they love, the reward, you probably go to bed at night going, hey, I've done... I've served my purpose. I've done well. I, I completely agree with you. And that's, you know, in, in this day and age too, you know, with young people with business, you know, it's the digital age, even with photography. But, you know, getting a simple note in the mail means more than anything or a phone call or when you go up to someone in the lineup and you say, hey, you did great. Look how far you've come. You know, just like, you know, being a president of a company and going up, putting your hand on someone's shoulder and said, great job, really proud of you, thank you. It goes a long way. It's giant. Well, and I think that's important because you do it because you care about the people. You're right. not sitting there saying, I hope I sell them a photograph right. when you talk hurt, to them. It does hurt, but you know, no, no, no. no, it has nothing to do with it. Right, because people sense the sincerity of that emotional connection. I hope so. Again, I, I love what I do. And no, I'm, I can tell you because I've watched you for years and years. <laughs> I, I'm more of an observer than a participant in this industry. It's my wife's passion, and I 
and I compete because she asked me to give it a shot and right. I've enjoyed it and it's been great, but I've watched, I watched her and supported her for probably 12 years before I got be, got in the reins uh, behind the lines of a horse. You're so. a competitor. You can <laughs> see that in your eyes, yeah. yeah. Well, I do like to compete. Yeah. I understand that and I do, I do appreciate her passion, but I've watched you in the show ring and I think it's that connection and that's part of why I invited you today because I also think you know how to market. I love this, how he shot me. I see it everywhere. And so it's really kind of a nice tagline, a nice promo. How did you come up with it? You know, I just, uh, again, I just wanted to get into something different. Um, again, I think that when social media came around, I, I, you know, you hear the word branding. And again, this is a, a small market, but I just wanted to branch out and, and do a little more. Um, so I just came up with it and, uh, you know, I'm a, just with the camera lens and so on and so forth. And, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to reach out and, and have a catchy phrase. So pretty much that was it. That's great. You've also had more innovation too. You know, for instance, this kind of photograph for those who aren't in the horse industry, you don't get that standing inside an arena. Correct. There's Correct. no way to get that kind of angle and that kind of shot. So I think you're the innovator of having someone stand in the outside the ring and take photographs during competition. I, I, I think I, I was. Um, yeah, this is the angle I would take, obviously ground level, which um, old school people say that's, you know, that's the shot, you know, making a horse look bigger and stronger and all that. Um, what happened was I had seen some amateurs or friends take some photos years ago, and uh, they were just taking pictures of their kids and things like that. And I saw that and I go, wow, you know, I think this could work. So right. uh, actually, because you young... spent your whole time in the show ring shooting, correct out toward the audience, not necessarily from the audience toward the correct. Show ring. The, and, and again, these type of shots. Um, a friend of mine, Shane Shiflett, an accomplished photographer, and I said, "Hey, Shane, do you have some? Could you work for me this week?" And he said, "Yeah. Why do you need me? I have two people in the ring." I said, "No, I want you to try something different." And uh, so I got him in the stands, and uh, we said, "Let's let's try this." And uh, it was fantastic, uh, a whole different look. It's a, it's a clean look, you know, you have a, it's a more intimate look. Uh, it's almost like what the spectator sees. Yeah. So the view was from the spectator. And so that gave, gave people multiple views. Again, diversifying your business, making it, giving people several looks. Um, at a show like this, I may have two or three photographers shooting. Um, I'll have a guy shooting a head-on picture uh, another guy shooting this one coming in, and then I'll be in the ring. So you cover every angle. Yeah. And thanks to the digital age, you know, you can shoot hundreds in a class. As you know, looking yeah. at our a kiosk, I may have 400 photos in a class. So you're going to sell a picture. Yeah, or know? two or three, because I've, especially getting the other angles, I, I like the one from the ground because it makes my horse look big and strong. Correct. But I also like the intimate look where it's maybe over my shoulder, what I see behind the reins standing along the rail outside. Right. Looking in. Right. It yeah, kind of gives a different one. I sold my world's champion horse and I really love him. But one of my favorite shots is I'll pull it up once in a while. It's just over my shoulder. I can see his head and I can see me. Wow. And I can see yeah. the... I can see the interaction that we have because I know it. It's the, it's what I see. Right. It's why wedding photographers use several different photographers at a wedding. You just want different looks and different feels. So, it, it, it's worked out well for me. Um, you know, I'm 
pretty proud of it. Well, that's pretty cool because you do have a passion for it to be even to invite even potentially your competitor to do it. And not that you can trademark that angle, but it's really neat to add to the perspective. Right. No, it's it's great. You know, my dad was big on sharing information with other people. I think it's, you know, so I, I love that anyone who comes up to me, I'm an open book, you know, whatever I need to do to help them out. It's, it's all good, you know. So I remember the first time I got near a horse. My wife introduced me to her horse in her backyard when we were dating. And she, she said, get on him. I think I had a pair of tennis shoes on. I jumped on him and he headed straight for the fence. And you, you married her. <laughs> I, didn't, I did, and I probably should have thought twice yeah, about right. that. But actually, the interesting thing about that experience is it kind of scared me a little bit. So I think about you in the show ring. How do you handle the rush of 20 to 30 horses in the show ring <clears throat> moving around you, trying to watch? They're reversing. They're coming different directions sometimes. How do you keep your composure to still get the, the winning, uh, like your dad said, the best photo every time? You can. Um, you know, you're, in, you're sort of in a zone like any work mode. You know, you're, you're focused on what you need to do. Again, no pun intended. So you're, <laughs> you're just trying to do your job to the best ability. There's a lot going on in the ring um, when you have 15 or 20 horses. So you really have to have your head on a swivel. You have to know what's going on. Um, you don't want to be in the way of a judge or a ringmaster, and you're want to be conscious of you know the angles you want to get and the horse you want to you know shoot um you know a lot of times the three or four are coming at you and you want to focus in on one of them and then all of a sudden you'll look to your right and there's an there's one coming out from this angle so you need to do that one you know so or a client may uh, a client may want you to get more pictures of that horse um so they request more so you really have oh, to oh really oh yeah so so you don't pick your favorites in there? I don't. You know, it's funny you say that. <laughs> Again, my father just speaks to me all the time. You know, if, if a great horse is coming at me and then another horse is coming at me that probably won't win, I always focus on that horse because the great ones, you'll always get a good picture of that horse. But try to get the other horse or the other person that may not necessarily have the world champion or have spent $100,000 on their horse they may have their more love for their horse. The other horse may be more of a marketing tool. I, I don't know if that's proper terminology to use, but you know, so get those other horses and the, the great ones will come to you. Anyone can get a great picture of a great right. horse. Well, they're always, if they win, then you're gonna get the championship photo anyway. Correct, correct. But I like that. I like that you're for the underdog. I, I think that that's really cool. So your dad kind of taught you to focus on that? He did. He said, again, he said, you know, anyone can get a great picture of a great horse or anyone can take a great photo of a, you know, a, a beautiful, uh, whether it's a model or a, or a car or a beautiful landscape. But, you know, concentrate on the horses that may not have that opportunity ever again, yeah. you know, and they're going to be your, a better market for I, you. I remember that. I was starting out in this... Um, competing and it was my second year of competing and I had a good horse but I borrowed it from my son who was gone on a mission for our church at the time and he did really well he ended up winning the national open championship for the the Arabians but I remember I showed him at Scottsdale and I didn't win it was in the open class and I didn't win but during the week your partner who was shooting with you that week posted on his personal Facebook page a picture of me with that horse several times and i said to my wife she kept showing it to me i didn't follow it she said 
I think he likes the look of your horse. <laughs> and I think he's trying to tell people, hey, you missed the really good one. Of course, I thought well, I had done really well, but. I, I, you know, so it's funny I, you say that. I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I do, you know, you, I mean, I, I love a good horse and I like, again, you show a lot of passion when you drive, you're so focused. And I, I love that about it. So I do try to do that, help, I don't know about the underdog, but you know, just show people and their horse connected and show a lot of passion for that. And I like to get that out on social media. I love that. I love your story of passion because I mean, who else lets their dad take him out of high school? Of course, who was gonna fight their yeah, dad? Yeah, hey, <laughs> please. Yeah. But then not even worry about it and just go into it. And what, what a heart-stopping moment to, and honor on the one hand to be asked to do the Morgan Grand Nationals and at the same time, you had to break the news to your dad that they asked you and not him. Yeah, it, it was tough. It was tough. But uh, again, yeah, I so think business he knew. can be hard. But I'm so glad your dad supported you in that. Oh, very much so. Just, just to the end, you know. Yeah. So I think you've shared with me what your greatest satisfaction is in in uh, business. But I, I really can't let people on the podcast without asking what their greatest failure is. Wow. Um, well, and what did they learn from it? I can tell you my greatest failure, but I'll, I'll start by saying, I am so tough on myself. I'll, I'll come in the ring. I'll come outside the ring, talk to my wife, and you know, I say, man, I just didn't feel good today. I just, I'm, I'm not catching it. And I'll look at this. I'll look at this photo and say, you know, I could have taken this, you know, a hair later. It would have been better if I, my angle would have been more from the front. So I'm, I'm really hard on myself. Um, Easily my greatest failure, um, I was blessed enough, a uh, young woman named Elizabeth Goth and Michelle McFarland, um, they did the closing ceremonies in 90, 1996 in Nagano at the Olympics. And they asked me to go shoot it for them. And it was, you know, in fact, it was during this horse show. Oh, really? Yes. And so I talked to the show committee. They were fantastic. And they said, yeah, it's a once in a lifetime. So went to Japan. Um, it was incredible. So. Um, like I am in the arena. Basically, I'm sorry, there were the closing ceremonies and they brought a, a six horse hitch there, which is basically um, the closing ceremony shows the transformation from the Olympics from Japan to the West. So they used a coach, um, oh, wow. spotted saddlebreds. It was a gorgeous picture. So I go there, I'm solid, take pictures of the horses, no problem. I have my camera and um, closing ceremonies, uh, Hundreds, hundreds of people in a huge stadium. And I have my camera and it's dark, fireworks, lights. And if you've ever seen the old, they use carts to push the cameramen around when they're doing work. Oh, okay. Well, basically I'm about to take, I take lots of photos about a third of the way in and this guy with NBC basically clips me. And I fall down, my oh, camera no. goes sprawling down and I'm looking at my camera on the ground, broken lens, and oh, no. that was it. So my failure was not being prepared. You know, you see these guys at these events with four or five cameras on them. I had right. never done that. I wondered why they do that. <laughs> That's why. We know whether it's an elephant, you're gonna get stomped on, I don't know, yeah. but I wasn't prepared. And luckily uh, I ran over to another guy I had met there and about 20 minutes later, he gave me another lens. I put it on, but I missed the shot. And I had this shot planned. It was going to be the shot. You know, I got some shots and they were okay. But 
I wasn't prepared. And I'm telling you what, from that day on, whether it's getting ready to shoot a horse, getting ready for a setup, m drives my wife crazy. <laughs> I, I won't miss a thing. And so preparation, whether it's uh, you know, getting ready to start your business or running your business or actually doing the job, just be prepared. You, 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 never, you never enough time, just you can't prepare enough. I, I think that's a great lesson because you never know what you're gonna encounter. True. And so you have to start thinking about all the different possibilities. Right. That's pretty cool. Now, I also wonder, how do you, if you're gone for nine weeks on the road, how do you continue to market and sell your, photo your photographs? I mean, I know you sh show them at the show, but I think a lot of people are so busy at shows, they get home and, and then they start looking back and decide what they want. So how do you continue to stay in front of your customers? Well, I think it's just the old saying, there's no I in team, you know? I mean, it's, I have a great team. My wife's incredible. Um, I and have, Megan does do a good job. She's amazing. When um, I've asked her about which photograph, she'll say, wait till Howie comes back. He'll tell you which one's the better. Well, that's, yeah, people, <laughs> so you have the eye, but she knows what to do. This is true. Um, I just have a lot of good help. But again, I, I, you know, I've been doing this so long. Uh, I like to have everything. I'm a, I'm a predictable person. So um, I just know, you know, when you go from this town, we have to have these pictures out. Contact this publication. Um, know where you're going to be set up. Uh, so I guess to answer that question, just, uh, you know, just, just have a plan, you know, just have a plan that way. Yeah, that's great. Now, the other thing that uh, you have a passion, but I've noticed that you have a daughter, Jacqueline, that has a passion. She's getting recognized as 10 and under. She's quite accomplished in several different breeds. So. What, what is the future for the Schatzberg family? It's a great question. I want to get her to start taking photos, and she actually does. And really? She, she has a good eye already. Um, you know, I don't know if it, So this is innate? You can't teach this, can you? Is it? Is it, is it a God-given thing? Is it an is it innate thing? I, I don't know what it is, but she has a ton of passion. And um, she already knows breeding of horses. Um, she knows so many, and she has a great eye for photography. But I think maybe because being raised in the industry, Again, it's almost like, you know, take your kid to work day, every day for her. So- Isn't <laughs> she um, lucky? <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's luck or not, but uh, she'll help me set up. Um, she critiques my photos. Wow. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, she got that from her mother, I think. But, um, so yeah, she has a lot of passion for it. And I think because when you live it and you see the passion these people have for showing their horses and hopefully she sees it from me that you have to love what you do. And, um, and work hard at it. So uh, I think she gets that you know, from us, but my, my wife is an accomplished horsewoman. She managed a, a big farm in New England. She was a great rider um, in her own right. But uh, yeah, our daughter's done some amazing things this year. Uh, we never planned it. Again, because the horse community is such a giving community, um, she was able to ride. Uh, we leased a couple horses. Um, yeah, I think I, I'd found out she's the only walk trot rider in history to ever win world championships in three, three breeds. breeds. Yeah. yeah, that's an accomplishment. Very much, and that's again work ethic for her. Um, she, she works hard, she goes to the barn every day. Um, you know, we, she does it at home. She, you know, wake right, up Right, but nobody wants to work that much unless they have a passion for it. We all I know that. I think you're right. I think I, I, she does love it. Like she'll go out and clean the horse's stalls and she checks on them and yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think you asked the question at the beginning of our episode, 
do, do you pick the sport or does the sport pick you? And we could change that to business. Does the bus do you pick the business or does the business pick you? Right. And I think, I believe that we have God-given talents. And I think it's behooven to us as part of the human family to figure out what those are. I agree. And then share those talents with others to make their lives better. And it's got to be fulfilling. I'm sure to you, like your dad, maybe this changes your perspective a little bit. Your dad had, saw the passion in you and gave you the opportunity. And you see the passion in your daughter and now you're giving her the opportunity. So it's going generation to generation. Yeah. I think that's pretty amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And, you know, again, I, I, people say, well, when are you going to retire? I said, I'm not. <laughs> you know, when I can't bend over in the ring anymore is when I'm going to, you know, but I, I just, I love what yeah, I do. Yeah, but then you again. can stay on the side. <laughs> I, I'll sit, and sit in the stands, yeah. I mean, I love seeing the stories of these people and how hard these people work. You know, that's why I think I want to get the best picture you know, for them and they can show their kids or show their, you know, relatives, whoever that may be. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a full circle deal with my family and these people. Again, it's, it's a family deal. Right. And I think it's interesting because your work lives on forever, right? I mean, a picture speaks a thousand words and if it captures a moment in someone's life that means something to them, that passion is going to portray to everyone they show that photograph too. You, you hope so. I mean, I No, it, I know so. I've experienced it because people ask, what do you do when, they, when I tell them I compete with horses? And you try to explain it, but if they're not familiar with it, I just show them a photo or right. a video clip. But the photos I show, they're, they're looking at it, blowing it up to make sure I'm the one yeah, that's that, driving that you? there. That's you? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. really you. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, to, but it, it really captures a moment in time, a moment of bonding with the, the horse, with the human. And the passion that's there right yeah it's it's you know you're it's it's history you know I, I it's funny i was reading a magazine the other day and i feel like i'm young still but i was looking at these photos and they are archival photos of back in the day and there's my name on them and it's 40 years ago <laughs> and i'm going wow how did this happen yeah but you're right when you start using photos to document history you know, I'm, I'm super proud of that, that they've, I was able to be a part of that. So it's, uh, you know, I guess that's the passion and, you know, you gotta have some longevity to, to do anything, you know, right. to stay with it. Right, and I think that's where the passion comes in because that, that produces the longevity. Right. Otherwise, it's just a job and everybody gets, <laughs> we all get tired of a job. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, do. we do. Get up and do the same thing over and over again. Well, great, Howie, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. This has been a great insight into somebody I have a lot of admiration for who has a lot of talent, a lot of ability, and I think relates well with a lot of different people. And I think that shows and it brings you great success. Thank you, I appreciate having me. Great, thanks for being here today. This is Craig Willett, the Biz Sherpa. Thanks for joining us today. I'm grateful that Howie Schatzberg would agree to spend some time out of his busy week or two weeks here at Scottsdale Show to share his insights. And I hope that you find him as inspirational as I do. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to go to our website to access the resources related to this episode at www.bizsherpa.co. If you enjoyed this show, tell your friends about us and be sure to rate our podcast. Craig would like to hear from you, so share your thoughts in the Facebook community at bizsherpa.co. Follow us on Twitter at bizsherpa underscore co and on Instagram at bizsherpa.co.